there is a, there's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. Uh, sympathy, um, sympathy looks at somebody who's suffering and says, oh, I'm so sorry, and, and pities them. Empathy uh, sees somebody who's suffering and enters into their suffering in some, some approximate way and then says, let me, let me help you. Let me suffer with you. Um, it's hard sometimes to explain the difference, but um, Brenny Brown has this colorful metaphor, and I think it's very, a, a way to explain it. I think it's helpful. Um, so as you imagine um, your friend falls into a large hole, and, um, and what happens is sympathy goes to the edge of the hole and says, oh, you poor thing, how did you get down there? Oh, dear, oh, dear. And then they go into the explanation, and they go like, well, you should have known better. You should not be down there. That's not where you should be. Nope. And they stay where they're at, and they walk away even sometimes. Empathy comes along to the same person in the same hole and says, they get down right into it. Now, they don't get down right into it to stay down there, because they get down there and then listen what happened. And they suffer with them for a while. But they get down knowing that they have a way back up. And then they help that person up and out. There's no, no point if you get into the hole and you have no way out. Then two people enjoying misery together is no better than one. Um, so empathy is not joining them in their suffering for suffering's sake. It's it's joining them and being with them, to suffering with them, so that then we could help them out of their suffering. Empathy, to suffer with somebody. You know, uh, this is a, the story of God throughout all of humanity and all the Scriptures. God is constantly coming to His people in this empathetic way to suffer with His people. Over and over and over again. And we hear story after story about it. And of course, ultimately, he comes into humanity itself in the form of Jesus Christ and jumps in with us with the way out. But today's uh, readings give us a particular insight that's worth breaking open. Let's talk about the, uh, the first reading, the, the book of Job, which is this parable, as I mentioned earlier, is it's a parable about why bad things happen to good people. Now, bear in mind, at this point, Job has lost his, all his property, has lost all his family, and um, he is living on, on the city dump, so to speak. But the religiously, he went to his friends. You see, he was, he was the one in the hole. And his friends and his religious leaders came to him and said, no, no, you must be bad. You must be bad. At that time, they believed that bad things happened to bad people, and good things happened to good people. So therefore, if these bad things were happening, then Job must be, in fact, bad, even though they knew him to be a good man. And Job could not understand this. You see, Job was a good man, did everything that the Lord had asked, and he could not understand why the religious leaders would treat him like this, why his friends would treat him like this. And now he's ultimately beginning to treat himself like this. 
And he's beginning to think, well, maybe I am bad because all these bad things have happened. And he starts to have a dialogue, and this is the beginning of a dialogue with God, where he's mad, you could understand it, and he's demanding from God an answer. And God does not give him an answer. He just simply gets into his suffering with him. And ultimately, when you are in a place of suffering, and somebody comes in to help you empathetically, then there's only one response that we need to have with them, is that ultimately we need to trust them to help us out. Because unless we trust them, then they cannot help us out. And that's ultimately what the story of, of Job is all about. He eventually trusts God to know what the God knows better than him, and how he got into this problem, only God will get him out of it, and he lets go and he trusts. Now, the gospel is particularly interesting as well. So, so here is, in Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate expression of God's empathy, God who, wants, who suffers with us. Christ come, God in the form of Jesus Christ becomes one of us. And, and he constantly shows that Jesus shows that God is a God who suffers with. Every time Jesus goes to do something, he does not associate with the wealthy or the rich. He associates with the poor, the sick, and the broken. Look at what happens in the Scripture. He goes into Simon Peter's house, and then mother-in-law is sick, and he goes immediately, and he heals her, and she comes up. Now, and, and when he goes to all these synagogues, and he goes out, drives a demon, healing people, he does the same thing. We are called to do that same thing. We are called to stand with those who are suffering, uh, to enter into the suffering, not to enjoy their suffering, but to, uh, to empathize, to suffer with them and then, and then come, come out of it, to help them out of that suffering, to walk with them. Uh, the word we use in, in religious terms, instead of empathy, we use the word compassion, compassion, which is, means to suffer with. It's the exact same it's a spiritual, it's a word we use in spirituality. So Christ is constantly compassionate. His heart is always with those in need. So the question is then, how do we do this? I mean, that's a really tall order. How do we consistently stand with those who are in need? How do we step out of our own suffering and help people in their suffering far worse than ours? Well, again, Scripture here today helps us. Look at what Jesus does. It's always a great, a great way to figure out how to do it. It's what does Jesus do, and I need to follow suit. Well, Jesus is constantly helping with compassion and empathy those who are in need. He does. He gets up early in the morning before everyone else. He goes to a deserted place, and he prays. See, the ultimate strength of Jesus is his relationship with God, the Father. And that when he is under this constant pressure, he digs deeper and goes deeper into his relationship with Christ. His ultimate, his ultimate source of strength is God's love. And he knows that. And so every morning he goes to pray. Now, I know you've heard me say it a thousand times, and after six years, you'll be so tired of hearing me say it, that Jesus was a man of prayer, and therefore, if he was, 
then you or I need to be men and women of deep prayer. But I don't say it because it's my words. I say it because it's Jesus' example of how to be a disciple, that we become deeply immersed in listening to God. Because you see, only then can we see and hear those who suffer. Only then can we enter into and be compassionate and empathetic with them. Without first listening to God, without first hearing the voice in the stillness of our heart, we're never going to be able to change our perspective, change our minds, our hearts, till we can see the suffering. If Jesus had to pray every day because he needed the strength to see, then let us not pretend that we don't. We will, and we need to. But what is it that we're looking for? We're looking and listening for God's voice in whom shall we serve? To whom shall we go? We are called to not just look by at those who are suffering and say, oh, you poor dear, oh, terrible, terrible, those poor people, that's terrible. That's not enough. That's only going to the edge of the hole that people fall in. We must be willing to get in, to help, and then to bring them out of their suffering. Empathy, or as we say, compassion. It first starts with a deep prayer life. So let's go to the Lord. Let's listen to his call, and let us be empathetic and compassionate to those in need.